0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the place where we discuss all things communication. This is Guide to Awesomeness," powered by Coldwell banker Ronan Realty. Hello everyone. Joining me today is Kathleen Black. Kathleen is a globally recognized mindset and performance expert. She's a best-selling author and she's a public speaker. She helps guide iconic brands and high net worth professionals in order to add billions of additional sales volume annually through her unique approach and empowered leadership and expert mindset training. She is awarded with the Iconic Leader Creating a Better World for All Award, and she is a two-time best-selling author of the Top One Percent Life Shift from Chaos to Calm in Your Business and Life, as well as Relentless to Rise: Your Path to a Personal Expansion. Kathleen's life story inspired a full-length documentary, The Relentless One, directed by Emmy-winning director M. Douglas Silverstein. She lives in Oshawa with her two independent, free-spirited children, Ethan and Ella. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Before we really hop in, I just wanted to get a bit more detail on this documentary because I know it's, it's fairly new, correct?
1: Correct. We just had our world premiere in Palm Springs, California, about, I guess, almost a month ago now, already.
0: Wow. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you're seeing a bit of a following and people are starting to starting to really tune into that story. I, definitely something I'm interested in looking looking into more, and I would love to be able to see it at some point. Hopping in now, I guess a bit more detail on what it is exactly that you do, why you do the work that you're doing, and how you got yourself to this point.
1: Yeah, well, that's a long story. but. Going into it quickly, I have a background in psychology. I mean, I've always had a keen interest in, you know, how to think about things and perspectives, and how we can shift what we believe and shift our, our lives. I mean, that's always been an interest uh, to me. I got into real estate investment, property management with my ex-husband, and we'd buy properties and literally gut them completely and turn them into multi-unit. So eventually, that's what led to getting my real estate license became quite successful in real estate very, very quickly. I sold 44 homes my first year in real estate with two kids under five as a single mom, because real estate was hard on on uh, marriage, evidently. And from there, I took over I started coaching the team I was working with was starting a coaching company, basically got in a lot of financial trouble, leadership wasn't seeing eye to eye. So you know, it was a great opportunity for me. I took over what became the first team-specific coaching company in Canada in the real estate industry and turned it around from about $200,000 in debt. And it was only, I think, 18 months live as a company when I started to uh, oversee it. So that was a great experience, right? It it really allowed me to, uh, I guess, be purified in the fire, right, Of, of of business building and I eventually sold my shares, I own 50% of that company. So I sold my shares. And I started this company about six years ago now. And what do we do? We do a lot of different things. I mean, we're in performance and mindset. So in the real estate industry, I'm, I'm really well known for helping people scale, leverage, build hyper high performance teams that are efficient, productive and profitable. But what we really do as well is we build leaders, we build conscious leaders, we help people get clarity and confidence, because the systems and tools are there to build, you know, mega team, but the leaders aren't always clear and confident enough of where they want to go or why to use the tools that are available to them. So we, we really focus on, you know, conscious leadership, the new era. Of leadership is what we're interested in. So we're not, you know, the cutthroat competitive dog eats dog world. We don't believe in that whatsoever. It's much more abundance based collective working with other people and that humble, transparent leader that I think the world wants and needs right now is is our life, my life's work, I guess you could say.
0: I like it. I, I like the idea of the fact that you're changing the original mindset. You know, a leader was thought to be, you know, the boss, the person in charge, even though yes that is a factor but you're you're talking about like teaching people how to how to work with other people how to communicate properly how to be understanding and listening and all of these other skills that I think more companies are needing more and more companies are seeing the the opportunity to, in order to do that
1: yeah absolutely and i mean i just came off of a segment i was taping with a top 1% national producer in canada and and he was bringing up, you know, the importance of emotional intelligence. And I was so happy to hear this coming back from leadership, because for us, if anyone listening to this in a leadership position, it's 10 times more important for your performance that you are strong in emotional intelligence versus intellectual, like IQ, traditional IQ. So it's not just soft skills. It's, it's a deal breaker, right? Like it's, it's going to move and make your business. And I think a lot of us weren't necessarily taught as humans you know how do I show up and take full responsibility for what I say and what I do and how I interact with others? I think it's easy to teach people, well, you know, you show up and you need to be successful and you need to have a certain persona and you know you need to talk about honesty, but it's a whole other thing to actually live it, right? To live integrity is is a different thing, and uh, I like to think that's where teams are shifting us because there's more just inherent accountability in brokerage teams and team teams both, like not one or the other.
0: Exactly. And I think it ties nicely into uh, my next question. How exactly would you define success?
1: Well, I think it depends. Like, How do I define success as a leader that helps other people be successful? I, I define it as whatever they call it, right? I think each person has their own unique definition of success. And part of the problem with our old leadership model was we had this rhetoric of this is what it looks like to be successful. You drive this car, you live in this house, you make this amount of money. And, you know, were people happy, maybe some, I think a lot of people wondered why they weren't happy. Maybe they didn't want to tell anyone that the more successful I got, the less successful I felt because I had more things I had to do and more people to answer to. And like, I'm just running faster and faster, but I'm not supposed to tell anyone because I'm living that dream. Right. So to me, like, forget that. That's not what success is. We each have a unique fingerprint of what we value in life and what we aspire to in life. And I, I do believe I, I subscribe that each of us has a purpose, you know, that's at our core. And we might be built with different skills or wants because our purpose is different. So I think when you step into who you are, what you believe in, how you want to serve in this world, you stop listening as much to people saying, this is how you do life. because They're just telling you how they want to do life. And they've got their own life to do that with, right? Your job is to figure out how you want to do life and harmonize the things that are most important to you.
0: Definitely. And how would you say that communication affects our level of success?
1: I think communication is everything, right? There's a a saying that I love so much, and it's the battle is won before it's fought. And I really believe in this. And as a person who deals with mindset and performance, I mean, I have to, but you get it right in your head before you do something in action, right? So great leaders are hyper intentional, both in their systems and their business and in their communication, they know what they believe in, they know why they're doing things the way they're doing it. And they know the outcome they're trying to influence and great leaders are transparent about that. It's not manipulation thing. So I I think you can do life in many different ways. But one of them is to have ill intentions or to not communicate openly and honestly to not take responsibility. And what you're going to do is you're going to create a lot of messes and a lot of drama. And you might get where you want to go, but it's going to be infinitely harder. Because people, you know, our reputations and our credibility, our character is everything. I'd rather have somebody respect me, even if they don't like me. It's okay, you don't have to like me. But I, I would hope that they respect me that hey she's a person who is honest and forthright and you know she 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 walks the talk kind of thing. They don't have to like what I like or agree with me but I, I think communication, if you understand the value of it starts inside. It's your communication with yourself and when that's clear and grounded, you can be a phenomenal communicator with other people and that makes you a great leader.
0: And I love that because it once again I know I bring it up almost every podcast now since probably the last probably six that have gone out. We talk about these different skills and these different characteristics that we need to have, and they all seem to tie in together. Every person I speak with has that same message, right? You know, it's about understanding yourself first and then looking at, okay, I know what I am. I know what I want. I know what I want to be. I have to be honest and true to that and continue moving forward in that sense.
1: Absolutely. And and trust ourselves, trust our wants. I find, you know, some people think it's selfish or greedy or wrong to want uh, growth or want success. You know, and I, in my line of work, people say, well, no, you know, I want to be humble. I don't want to, you know, try to grow too much. I want to be thankful for what I have. It's like, since when is using the capabilities and, and the ability you have to have impact, not Humble to me, it's not humble not to use what you have towards greater good, right? So it's it's an interesting thing. I think at the end of the day, you're you're right. Like it just it starts with knowing ourselves on the inside. I, I could see that uh, almost everyone would say that to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it, it's interesting, you know, what you said about you know being kind of trusting what you want. I can remember when I was on student council, I was president of the association, and I didn't do anything for me. I don't know if that was because I was in that mindset that I, you know, humble myself, do everything for everybody else, let everyone else do what they want to do. And I'll sit back and just be there to support and be there to help. Mm -hmm. Part of me wishes that maybe I did, I might've put myself in a better position for myself, but I don't regret the fact that I did those things. But I think there's opportunity to sit back and make sure that you go through all of those. Make sure that if you're doing something like that, where you're, you're helping others move forward, know that that's what you want
1: absolutely if you don't know what you want you'll get recruited by someone who does and typically Mm -hmm. then you'll resent them later and that's not fair right you you can't have somebody who knows what they want and you don't and they recruit you whether it's paid volunteer whatnot to help them because they have a mission that they're focused on and later on you're like oh I feel like i'm being used well that's why you got to be in alignment because when you know what you want you partner with other people who know what you want and now you're going in the same direction together and sometimes you you shift and you move and that's totally okay but yeah, I think probably women and men, but I noticed particularly, because I work with a lot of women leaders, is sometimes it's seen like, yeah, I want that, but should I? And it's like, I have this trust that anything that I want or need is actually so that I can be a better person, a better leader, a better parent, a better community leader. If all the people who want to make an impact in the world think, well, I shouldn't want to be successful, or I shouldn't want money, then That would lead you to think that the people who didn't care as much, which isn't true at all, but it would lead you to think that people who didn't care as much about giving back, they would be all about money. So that would put us at a disadvantage that makes no sense. So I think some people who want to have impact and be world changers, they care very much about being, you know, profitable and successful and positioning themselves as leaders to have influence because they can't do their work without it. Right. They need it. Yeah.
0: The two titles of your book, right? The Top 1% Life and Relentless to Rise. What do those statements or those titles mean to you? And how do you find that those concepts impact business? I don't obviously need you to go in details because obviously, you know, if people want more details, they can obviously reach out and purchase the books and things like that. But just on a baseline, what do they mean?
1: Well, first of all, they mean a couple of things because I have three levels in my how we help people in my coaching community and the first one is relentless to rise which is the name of the book and it is the exact same purpose so relentless to rise is the path to personal expansion and growth and relentless to rise in our coaching platform is to help power up leaders we want to power up people to be more clear and more confident so they know they know exactly where they're going first and then they go up to the top one percent life which is okay, I'm starting to shift, I'm starting to see myself and I want to move out of my small mind, which is my ego, and move up into my higher self, which is my conscious self and start to realize I'm not good at everything. And that doesn't threaten me anymore. And I don't need to know everything I can ask questions and not feel dumb. Nobody knows everything. Like they've really shifted their ego out and they're aware of it, right? So it's a different place. And now they're laying the foundation to expand. Maybe that's an administrator or a virtual assistant. Maybe it's a in real estate, a licensed person or for a brokerage level. Maybe it's a marketing coordinator. Who knows, right? But they're starting to go into that space of expansion. And our third uh, level is industry icons. And that's where we're in collective. And we've moved from ego to conscious to collective, which means we've moved from our small brain to our high brain, to over and above ourselves. This is not just about us anymore. This is about a mission-driven you know, driven operation where we want to do bigger things than any one person, which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. The books fit into that, and I will be at some point writing a, a third book, Industry Icon, which is what I've spent most of my time in my career, which is high-performance teams.
0: And how would you say that those concepts have impacted your life, your business, and the way you do things?
1: Well, I think it's it's a journey for everyone, right? I, I think in life, we're all victim to something, right? Like we have a chip on our shoulder or like me, I left home really young or, you know, you have the issues that we just have in life. I went through a really messy divorce. Lots of people in real estate have statistically, right? So we have things we go through and I think we are in this Old, old culture and the old leadership model is, you know, become successful and and you're going to win over them and you did better. It's like this hyper individualism that if you succeed, you won. And I think it's an outdated model, but I think we have to all flow through it. Like you go from that victim to victor, but then the really special leaders, they move into like Sherpa, which is I've won the battle over self. I'm not trying to win over you or over my seller and make them pick me and I won. It's like, no, I'm collaborating with people. So I've a hundred percent walked that journey. You know, I was very successful in real estate quickly and definitely people said to me, you know, are you gonna go back to selling or why do you coach? I could have made more money in sales for many, many years, but I wanted to help other people. Like all the things that were difficult for me in my life, all of a sudden they're worthwhile and I can live with them and they make sense if I can help people go through them easier. It's just something in me that feels this need like to help a, a cultural shift in sales and consciousness. It's just I live for it. Right. So I think everything that I teach, I, I've lived and I've progressed through and and the saddest part is, you know, people get stuck, like, we get stuck in victim status, some people our whole lives. And that's really sad for me. It's, it's, you know, I was in that space, it's not a good space, it's not a happy space. Some people get stuck in the victor space, and they almost become like, bullies a little bit right and they're they're using toxic behavior and they don't break through it because there's still so much in their ego so i think the best of us teach what we've lived and there must be some reason why some of us have lived through a a lot of difficult situations and i like to believe because i've moved from chaos to calm so many times i can help other people do it because i've lived it and i believe it and i know it's possible right Mm
0: -hmm. I'd like to now dive in a little bit into your mentality because, you know, as you're talking, it's bringing up more concepts that I'm thinking about. I know disc is a big thing that your team looks at as well that whole disc assessment and understanding yourselves and things like that. I'd love to hear more about what your DISC assessment is. I'd love to understand like where where do you sit on the on that scale?
1: Yeah, so it, DISC is interesting, right? Because it's, it's an emotional quotient. Like it's a way, mm-hmm. so those of us who don't know DISC, it's a personality profiling system. And typically there's three aspects we look at, you know, our most private self, like who we are when no one's around, like our, our internal world, our public self, like how we'll adapt under stress or how we'll adapt to our environment. And then somewhere in the middle, like it's like the looking glass self theory, how I think other people perceive me. So disc is really interesting because my disc is somewhat of a chameleon disc. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. really, really high off the charts in any one level, but I adapt. So when I was selling, I definitely was much more into like the eye, the influential, that energy, which a lot of people in real estate are, but that's not my natural personality. My natural is more of a DC, which is very much like uh task oriented, idealist systems processes. That's that's where I naturally fall in the role I'm in now, my distance flows uh move more into D and slower C because I have a team and I'm doing much more front facing and spreading our message and things like that. So this, you know, it's gonna fluctuate depending on the role that you're in. But for me some people believe the more you understand yourself and the more you understand disc, you could come to a level profile. Um, most people trained on it. know that's not essentially how it happens. You're just more adaptable. Like if I'm with eye I personalities, I, I can put on an eye personality, but only for a certain period of time. It's not my mm-hmm. natural go-to. So I think shifting is important and, and you didn't ask this, but I mean, it's also the reason why I've, I've done, you know, 12 other certifications because I naturally fall left brain. And that's really important for me to know, because a lot of people who know me, I spend a phenomenal amount of time in like yoga and energy and meditation, and and I'm very see it and feel it, then I build it, I have to see it and Mm -hmm. feel it to build it. But I've done all that work, because I wanted to make sure that my right brain is just as balanced and that my heart is connected to everything I do, which is really important. So some people listening to this, if you're very left brain, it can be quite freeing to get into the the other not just personality, but the other aspects of the way we function. It just makes us a little bit more Mm -hmm. well-rounded.
0: And once again, you know, it ties back into that definition of communication with success. You know, the the more we understand ourselves, the easier it is for us to be successful, the easier it is for us to work with other people. All of these different aspects come into play.
1: And there's Colby, there's Myers-Briggs. Like in Myers-Briggs, I'm an INTJ. So to make an understanding of this, the percentage of the entire global population who have done Myers-Briggs of women who are an INTJ is 0.08%. So it's very empowering to go, okay, it's true. I do think differently than other people. But thank goodness. So that means that there's some unique situations where I'm really going to thrive because I see the world completely differently than the majority of people. But then there's also a lot of other situations where I need to lean into my team because you know what, that's not my genius. And that's really empowering to know because I used to see it flip. I used to think that most of the world was a little bit crazy. And why weren't they logical? And how could they not see what they were doing was impacting the next step, the next step, the next step, which is one of my gifts, but they weren't crazy. They just didn't operate or see the world the way I did. And that was very, very freeing for me. And I'm sure for a lot of the people around me when I was a younger, younger woman, right?
0: It's almost as if you, I wouldn't say necessarily pitfalls or shortcomings, but it's still an embrace. You, you take on that these are my weaknesses is what we'll call them right now just in the situation but you embrace those and you you look for the assistance of others and i know when you know i remember talking with david greenspan it's a lot about that idea of you know being willing to to accept those and move forward and and use those to your advantage
1: yeah And that's why, you know, talking about ego to conscious leader, right? The ego leader is like, I have to be all things. No one can do this as well as me. And it's not by accident that when they hire or bring on help, magically, that person can't do it well. And they can't do it as well as them. It's like, it's all a projection. Because when you're an ego, you're insecure, but you don't know it. You're just trying to puff up all the time. And it's like, please just put the ego aside so we can actually get something done, right? But you can't say that to someone because they don't see it until they see it. A Sherpa can only guide someone who's willing to walk the path. You got to be willing to be like, okay, it's scary to put my ego down. But you know what? Maybe I'll do even better when I only shine in the areas I'm good at. And now I'm like a genius collector. How amazing does it feel to meet people and be like, have you ever noticed you're really good at FYZ? Have you ever thought of getting into this? Like, That's a beautiful place to be as a human and mirror back to somebody, their potential. Like how many people don't have anyone telling them what they see is good about them? It's great,
0: right? Yep. It reminds me of, I've actually got a quote here behind me on the wall. A good leader goes the way, knows the way and shows the way, right? There's those three steps of, you know, you have to be able to go through. If you're going to ask somebody to do a task, you have to be willing to understand what is it that they're doing and being able to process it that way, then be able to explain the process of getting there and showing them how they can do it themselves and continue to grow it.
1: Absolutely. Exactly.
0: What would you say, I think we've kind of talked about a little bit already, but what would you say are the crucial steps in finding your path to success? In just a general sense, what are sort of the main things that an individual needs to look at in themselves Mm -hmm. in order to build themselves up?
1: Well, I mean, first, build yourself up. You're going to do that by taking action, right? And and the reality is that the higher your level of certainty is, that you are either a going to get a positive outcome, or b that what you do could make your life better, even if it's not positive, which is important, right? If I have a belief that if I take an action step, and even if I fail, I will be a better leader, a better person, I'll be more in integrity. I'm going to make very different choices where I might have to fall three times, but then I jump up like ten times higher, right? So I I think first you have to, in my experience, leaders who are clear, who have vision, which is again, that relentless to rise, they are going to be nurturing that vision in their mind several times over before they get certain enough to take action in reality, in the physical universe, reality, like day-to-day world, right? Because I have a reality in my head and then there's the reality out here. So they need to be spending time in vision work, like my clients, um, we go through a letter for the future, I have great reverence for it, I do it myself. And you're not just nurturing the certainty of the vision, you're planting those seeds in your unconscious mind. And as much as we've heard it and heard it and heard it, it's so important to remember 90% of everything you do, all your processing, all your decision making is done at an unconscious level. So if we're not taking the time to Merge worlds or build a bridge between what my conscious mind says and what my unconscious mind says, you are creating a, a losing formula. Your GPS is only in detours. Like you're not arriving. And then you wonder why it's so hard. So it's really, really important to know what you want and try not. And I know this sounds a bit different for some people try not to just go in your logic mind. Your logic brain is trying to make life quicker for you. Your logic brain is, uh, to use an example, we use in real estate training the time, you walk in the shoe store, can I help you? No, I'm good. That's your logic brain. It's like, I know the answer. I know the answer. I know the answer. Even if you need help, these logic brains are like, no, I'm good, right? You gotta cut through that, and that requires more deeper introspection. It requires time on your own, and it requires you to go into vision work. So, our letter from the future is is a kinesthetic, it's pen to paper, because you need to, and you get into a flow state where you're describing things that have already come to pass. Then you seal it up, but with us, then from there we work on values, like who am I, what's important to me, because. You can tell me what you want to be and what you want to do all day long. I'm going to ask you, where do you spend your time? Take out your credit card statement. Take out your your banking statement. Where do you spend your money? Show me your actual schedule of what you really did for a week. And then tell me about what you're watching, what you're listening to, where your focus is. You tell me that, and I know what you really value at an unconscious level, no matter what you're telling me, unless you're sabotaging yourself, which is still important information, right? So, Mm -hmm. and it's the same formula. If you want to know somebody's future, look where they're spending their time, money, energy, and focus. That's all you need to know. It's that simple, right? So I, I think we need to really pay attention to those things. Like I would say, as leaders, we try to think, you know, we're just going to work harder, work harder, we're going to grow. As leaders, we heal, we learn to know ourselves, we get back to our core, and then we expand as people. Our energy expands, our impact expands, then our business expands. You build it in your brain and you make it clear and certain and feel good in your brain first and then you build it in real life as you go, even if it's a little bit messy, right? So a lot of the times, it's not even they don't get past the vision. They don't take the time to create the vision because they don't trust themselves as creators and all great leaders are creators. they are all artists, they're visionaries, right? To a certain extent.
0: Hmm. Maybe not in that actual visual putting things to putting things down but in the same mentality process because you have to be in order to be a leader
1: like you have to trust that you can take actions which make your life better like that's the core of all growth and development as a human like think about it and what is that based on i say this all the time since so i've been doing so much media which i'm grateful for for the documentary but end of the day like all this work with myself i've spent like hundreds more than a hundred thousand dollars on personal development easily like much more I've spent all this work on myself. I spent like work with thousands of people. End of the day, I can say all this stuff I've said to you. But if a person doesn't have hope, if they don't have hope that if I do something different, it'll get better, nothing else matters. Nothing, right? So people say, like, why did you share your whole story? Like some of this is really infinite. It's hard. Like even watching the trailer, it's hard for me. It's because it creates hope that, okay, wait, other people are in these situations, but it got better. I hope that if I do something different, it can get better. And that's like that's the foundation of everything. Some leaders have it on a much bigger scale and their hope is much, much stronger. But most people, like they need to increase and see that vision of something better and have hope. And then they'll take those like micro steps which build their confidence.
0: It can happen. That's no. the biggest thing is, you know, it can. It ju- it's going to take work. And that's, I think, something that people sometimes forget. They think that, okay, if I sit down and I look at it and I understand what I want to do, I can do it. Well, yes, but you've got to work for it. You've got to push to make that happen.
1: Okay, like flip side, what if you push to make it happen? You do all that stuff and you don't get there in the end. Maybe you were meant to learn those lessons and have those things in your toolbox. Like every time something goes really not awesome in my life, I'm like, wow, I really must need that in my toolbox. Something in the future is going to need me to have had this experience. Someone's going to need my help or I'm going to need my help. Thank goodness I have this now. And I just have that faith that even if you think it's a fall later on in retrospect, come on, when we look at our lives, we're like, it's uncanny kind of how they they flowed through. Like I'm a person who wants to try even if I'm not going to make it for the things that are most important to me because I don't want to be who I am if I don't believe that, right? So even if you don't make it, the journey itself is worth it.
0: It's funny because when you look at the big picture of things, a lot of people say that the idea is that we don't learn from our mistakes. Individually as human beings, I've seen process that we do. We learn from the mistakes that we make and we continue to grow. As a group, Absolutely not. As a as a society, I don't think we're there yet. I think because the problem is, is that there's it turns into the, you know there's too many too many spoons in the pot. You know there's too many people that are making the decision and they're not being able to collaboratively work together mm-hmm. in that mentality to make that decision.
1: Yeah, and that's why values and culture, right? Like I work with high performance teams, and I mean culture and what we believe is everything. What we believe in is the culture. That's the sticky part. And, and I think that's why, you know, at the core of it, my work is trying to foster individual leadership because, and I say this all the time, it's like there's all this focus and people think, Kathleen, how do I lead other people or manage other people? Or we hear about it with speakers and great leaders all the time, right? But end of the day, if we can't lead ourselves and set that example, we can't have a culture where we're helping other people lead themselves. And we know what toxic looks like. We know what enablement looks like. We know what healthy looks like. If we cannot get there, those cultural shifts just won't happen because there's also politics and there's popularity and there's playing favorites. And I always say, I don't want to be popular. I want to be principled, right? Again, Mm. you don't need to like me. I'm okay with that. But I'd like you to respect me. (laughs) So I don't need the popularity because that's external. And everything that's good starts on the inside. Everything, the communication, the love, the respect, the integrity, like it all starts within ourselves and then radiates uh, out. So I think it's really interesting I like particularly in a world of real estate where you know we have social media we have like that the, the cliques and you know I think it can be really easy to get lost and say oh okay you know the way to be successful is to have people who agree with me or to have the most amount of likes and that's a really lose fast scenario because you can't look outside to fill yourself up and you're gonna do what you need to do because you filled yourself up from the inside first right exactly yeah
0: as a leader of a team, what would you say are the biggest challenges that you face in maintaining that morale and ensuring that your team is continuing to obviously work towards the success of themselves, but also for the company?
1: You know what? I'm very, very blessed. I'm very, very grateful because the team that I have right now, maybe it's that we're bigger now. I'm not sure because the dynamics change as your team grows and the bigger your team gets, if your culture is strong, which cultures go up and down, that's okay. It doesn't mean your team's bad. We, we go through, you know, shifts. But when we did the last big recruitment, so we doubled our coaching team last year, I was very intentional about, okay, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready to work with people who believe in our mission. They believe in our values. They understand me and why I'm doing things the way I am. And thank goodness, knock on wood, that's exactly what we got. So we have a culture of people and a team that's way bigger than me i'm one member i'm one drop in that ocean i am not two drops and they're one i'm one like that's that's the way it is so they support each other and even when i've had a hard time they support me too if we check in on each other we had ultimate team summit and i was not feeling well it was after covid i hadn't been on stage and we had one month to plan an event we usually take a whole year to plan but we had the window and we went for it right And I got a bit dizzy at the event. And usually, I mean, if that had been three years before, like I carry most of the event, but it was no big deal. Like we had a team, our morale was there. When one person is low, we lift them up and we support them. We check in on them. So I think the way I do it is by having a clear vision. This is where we're going. This is where we're investing our time, energy and attention. And this is why. And what do you think about that? Because there's no top down this is what I'm doing. There's, this is what I'm thinking of doing. This is why I think it's important. This is how I think we should go about it. Do you have feedback? Is there something I'm missing? Is there a blind spot? Is there a way to make this better? And those four levels of communication are like night and day um, for how your culture interacts and how people feel included, right? Like I, I care about what my team has to say. On the other hand, I have different gifts than them. So when it comes to like system or structure or getting us in alignment, there are certain things that I'll be like, okay, no, I'll be a little bit rigid, more rigid about because it's my job to protect the company and our clients, right? But when it comes to like uh, fun and energy and I'm trying to think like joking and even merging our team, they're better at it than me. I've got eye personalities on my team. I'm not an I personality. I don't look at fun. I look at how do I make an impact? How do I have a mission? How do I have freedom? You know, how do we do what we need to do and do it well? That's where my brain goes. So, you know, they pick me up as much as I pick them up.
0: That's good. And I I think it's, it's important that all leaders, all team leaders understand that process that, you know, it's, we've talked about it already before. It's not all on you. You have a team, you can rely on that team to help build the things that you're not necessarily comfortable with, Mm -hmm. able to, or have the mentality to process.
1: Yeah. Like if you train people to need to check in on you all the time, if you train people not to have autonomy, guess what? They won't have autonomy. They'll check in with you. We'll need you to say yes all the time. I have a very entrepreneurial team. Everyone knows like this is your mini business within the business and the buck stops at you and I'm counting on you. And if these things don't go well, all these other people are impacted. And that's something we sign up for. And if people aren't good with that, they won't want to work with our team. Right. So yeah, you, you have to. It's just like wanting someone to be successful too much. You you repel them energetically. If you study like laws of energetics, you got to give people space to want things for themselves and to stand in their choices. You you choose to perform or you don't. You choose to be honest or not. You choose, Like all any of these attributes, right? If I take it and take responsibility for what you do or do not do, you're never going to stand strong as a leader with my team. And I'm causing that, right? I have to take responsibility for that.
0: Exactly what would you say is your most commonly asked question that could be on, you know, something more personal that's on, that's, that people always ask you, or if it's something that you find that, you know, the, the clients that you're working with are always asking, you know, every single time it's this question always comes up or this issue always comes up.
1: Oh my goodness. I think there's so many questions all the time. So I'm kind of like, is it usually people ask me questions that end up to be to do with mindset and it's like they attract a Certain people are attracted to me. People who need healing are attracted to me. People who are holding themselves back, they don't know why they're struggling with something. Like people are people who are in transitions in their lives over the years, I'll meet people and they're like, I just need to talk to you. Like I've had so many people over the years, like, I, I don't know why I need to talk to you. Like something's going on. And usually like if I'm too busy, I can't, but sometimes I will. And almost always they're going through a major life transition. They feel lost. They're trying to figure out where to go. And something about my energy attracts them to that and the other thing is people who have self-imposing limitations like again you know everyone I hire they just can't do it and I tried to hire somebody and it didn't work or you know I used the listing presentation and it didn't work or you know we tried like I, I find sometimes like I'm in the line of work where you've bought a tour okay so I went to Peru and I did went through Salcente Mountain and then went into Machu Picchu. so five-day trip. I bought the tour. I have a tour guide. The tour guide had, you know, there was a chef because you go over the mountains, all that great stuff. I'm in the same line of business, even though it doesn't seem like it, where people work with me and I'm the shoot fun. I'm going to guide you there. I've got a vault. I've got all the resources. I've got all the tools. I've got everything you need. And I've used them to help people have success or like the top teams in the country level in North America. They work. We've had success hundreds of thousands of times over, right? But I can't make you walk. You can buy the tour and then you can say, well, the tour isn't working, Kathleen. I don't like it. Well, I I can't drag you down the path. So I think sometimes the people who unconsciously know they're not walking are drawn to me because they know I won't take their crap, And I'll be like, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Don't tell me all these other people are having success, but it's not working for you yet. You're not even showing up to even try. I like and so I find even though I really dislike those conversations at, at times because I have to be like a, a little bit stronger, people are, are uh, they gravitate to ask me that. And then the rest of the time it's all high performance people. I work with a lot of people who are like, we can achieve anything and we just want to do it well and be good leaders and how do we align and you know, we have great conversations. But the questions would be those those before.
0: That's awesome to hear because I think our listeners would benefit from that idea of you have to show up. We've talked about it before with other podcasts as well. If you don't, you're not going to to move forward. You're not going to grow if you don't put in the effort to do it.
1: Yeah, and why do you want to, like I'm in the coaching industry, but more, you know, more speaking now, but I mean, I have a team that coaches still, obviously, but I mean, why do you want to pay a coach to say, I'm paying you to make me do it? Like, no, you're paying us to help you connect with yourself where you want to do it You show up, you do it. You don't need us on your back saying, go, 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 go. Sure, that'll keep you coaching with us, but it's not really in integrity of helping them as a leader, right? Exactly. Yeah.
0: I'd like to ask you three questions that I've asked everybody on our podcast. Uh, are you comfortable with answering those three questions? I don't
1: know what they are, but sure, I'm an open book. I've told my whole life at this point. I'm sure they're fine. <laughs>
0: yeah. So what is something you do or use to ensure that you are always striving to work productively?
1: Uh, There's probably 10 million answers to this. But today I'm going to say, well, one, I mean, I always have some type of like (laughs) nutritional juice around me, not that I'm giving, showing you a bottle, but I, I try to make sure in the morning that I have green juice or something that's like positive energy. But the thing I do to keep it was to keep productive, right? I'm a hyper-prioritizer. I always have been. So I will look at my day and I will look at what are the most important things that I can do given my role in the business. And I naturally already leverage all the other things off. But even if I'm too busy, that's what I will do. I will hyper-prioritize what's most necessary and I will only focus on those. And I'm not scared to fill up my schedule. I've done it for years and years. certain days I regret it because I get tired, but I'm filling them up with my most important priorities. Whereas I find sometimes people are like, well, what do I do with my day, right? You, you take where you could be of most impact and where you need things done, but you can't get it done, you leverage and you get the help. It's like, if you can picture yourself with a bird's eye view, even if you're a solopreneur, look at your business from above. What does the business need? It's your job to get that. That's your job. It doesn't mean you have to do it, but it means if you move forward, it's your job to get it. So some of us are like, I don't even know what the business needs, right? So I can't even get to the point of hyper prioritizing. And that's where like, you do need a Sherpa. I've needed a Sherpa many, many times, right?
0: The next question, I've talked to you about this one before. You can give me the same answer. That's okay. Or you can think a little bit more on it. What is one habit that has transformed your life?
1: Well, I I mean, I don't remember what I said last time, but I think, you know, trying to take time to get into nature to align myself is a habit that has transformed my life. You know, if I'm going on stage, people will see that I'll always like, I'll put my hand on my heart and I have things that ground me to align me back with my core. And I try to do that throughout the day. I try to pay attention. You know, how do I feel? Am I in only my left brain right now? And I'm all analytics and business and stats. That's fine. There's a time and place for that but that's depleting. And it takes me out of the energy of how I help people, right? Because so I'm, I'm very much like an energy worker, that's important to me. So I make sure I take time to ground to be conscious and to ask myself, what does this have to do with me? You know, anytime there's a frustration or an issue, I ask myself, what does this have to do with me? A And B, if you thought of the most high serving the most leader that radiated with like love and integrity and responsibility and service when you think of that person what would they do in this circumstance that cuts through so much so quickly no matter what situation you're in in your life if you can do that you will morph yourself to a higher energy frequency higher leadership better parent friend all those things so just remembering to stay in alignment has uh, definitely changed my life
0: and finally if you could write a chapter In The Guide to Awesomeness, what would the title be?
1: I don't know. I'm torn. I mean, I want to say gratitude, but my inner voice is saying purpose. For me, it's yeah, and I think I'm grateful to be clear with purpose. Let's combine it. So yeah, I think it would be something to do with uh, purpose. Meaning gives us energy and life and all those good things. And I think that's pretty awesome.
0: Definitely is. I appreciate you being on here today. And before we go, I'd just like to ask if there's anything, any contacts or any information that you'd like to share so that that way our listeners can reach out, find out more about you, more about what you do and what your team does.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we're all over uh, social media. Um, Some might say too much, but that's okay. (laughs) And so Instagram, Kathleen Black underscore is my direct instagram our website is KathleenSpeaks.com and my books are for sale there and also you can hear we work with individuals again people expanding and we work with building teams up to massive big teams with industry icons so it's probably the best uh, best places to stay in contact with me
0: perfect again thank you so much kathleen for being with me today i really appreciate it and uh, i hope that our listeners really really take in a lot of what you say and really put it to good use
1: Thank you, Jonah. Thank you for having me. And I love this. I love guide to awesomeness. So uh, best, best wishes with your continued journey with this as well.
0: Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts to keep up to date with the awesome people and awesome things we talk about. This is Jonah reminding you to be awesome today and be even more tomorrow.